we're in a series. It's called Just Walk Across the Room. It's really from the heart of our church, trying to help people in Santa Fe uh, to find uh, a better way of living, a better way of, of life. And so this is part two. And uh, as a church, here's one of the things you learn about our church is, is we don't do life alone. I, I don't do life alone. I have a lot of relationships, a lot of people around me that are helping me succeed. And one of the things that we value in our church is, is teamwork and, uh, and, and empowering people that have the gifts. And so today it's, it's, uh, we have a, a special speaker. He's, he's special in the sense that it's his first time speaking to the Grove. Uh, but he's, he's, he teaches our 201 growth track, does a great job with that. Uh, for years, he's led youth ministry and done uh, just an incredible job. In fact, um, he's going to be sharing about sharing our faith with people. And one of the rows that, that fills up every Sunday, is, is we can call it the Barry Row, all right? It's his family. And so his heart is to reach people that, uh, that are far from God, people that, that, are, that are just need, need help. And so today, Dave's going to be speaking, and one of the, one of the things is I'll, I'll bring on for a little bit is he do, he's been working on his credentials, so he has a couple more classes, he's going to be a certified minister, so uh, we're super excited for that. So let's give it up for Dave Barry today, as he comes forward. Hi, Dave. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Hi, Dave. Thank you, buddy. How are you? Thank you. Well, uh, I thought he was going to keep talking. That would have helped me a lot. Um, good morning, everybody. Man, it's really awesome. What, what a humbling experience to be here this morning um, and be able to share with you. Um, and so, as Pastor Eric mentioned, I, I'm going for my certification um, of, of becoming a pastor, and it's been one of the most um, awesome experiences uh, that I've ever gone through. Um, so I don't want to take too much time on that. But I, I do have a question for you. And, and, and you don't have to raise your hands. I mean, I mean, I can't see them anyway, but if you want to, go ahead. Maybe people will take a look around and see the reality of what I'm going to ask is this. How many of us um, know people, uh, maybe family members or friends, that, that we just we wish in our heart of hearts that they would come to get to know Christ? Uh, I, wow. Everybody, just take a look around. Look at the hands. I mean, leave your hands up. Take a look. I mean, check this out. Everybody does. And And so... It, it, it is what it is. Um, so here's this. Um, did you know that, that before um, followers of Jesus were, were, were titled Christians, um, that they were actually known as, di- as disciples? And, and as a disciple of, of Jesus, I'll tell you what the disciples used to do. And, and, and actually, we should be doing the same thing. Is a disciple would, if they saw Jesus um, sit down in a certain fashion, guess what the disciples would do? They would do identically the same thing, or they would try their best to do it. If they saw Jesus tie his sandal in a certain way, uh, in a certain knot, they would do the same thing. Um, if Jesus kicked a rock, they would kick that rock too. Don't ask me why, because that's got to hurt. Uh, but they would do that, because they wanted to be exactly like their teacher. They wanted to be like Jesus. Um, and, and so with that being said, um, they wanted to be identical to who he was. Um, so I asked that question a moment ago. And if we can just go to the next slide, please. Um, so I, 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 I want to ask, I'm going to tell you something. It's been said that, that if you ask a hundred believers the same question that I asked you a moment ago and your hands rose to. They said if you ask a hundred believers about knowing someone um, you would like to be saved, they would all say yes, kind of like what we did in this room. And if you ask the same hundred uh, believers that, that if they knew that the goal was, was to walk into heaven with, with these people or person by building relationships and seizing opportunities, 
of, of delivering and, and preaching the gospel, the, the saving grace, uh, the redemptive spirit that God has, um, they, would, they would agree with that. They would agree with that. But, but, but there's a big but to this. They say that if you ask that same hundred people, if you sat in this room and you had a heart to heart and you, you spoke with these people and you asked them uh, this question or you asked them, uh, if, are you doing what God has sent you to do in delivering the good news of who he is and his redemptive spirit, his salvation? What do you think that answer would be? It's not far off. Well, I guess it is. It would be 50 percent. Now, 50% is not bad. I'm glad we have 50% versus 25% or 20% or 10%. But I'm telling you what's even better, and it's, it's not rocket science. It's 100%. It's 100%. So today's message, is, uh, living in 3D. Hey, and by the way, I hope you're enjoying your 3D glasses. I hope you're using them. They're just awesome. Um, today's message, living in, three, in, in 3D, is is... It's it's to help you in your walk, uh, to encourage you to reach out to others, um, and, and, and that are that are hurting. Pastor Eric said that, or or those that may be seeking. Um, and here's the thing: maybe it's the friend, the friends, or the family members that you rose your hands about. But here's here's the kicker: we don't know it yet, but maybe it's somebody that that we don't even know, right? Maybe it's somebody in a grocery store. Maybe it's somebody at, at Starbucks. Maybe, maybe it's somebody that's walking in this theater that, that, that we don't even know. But they're hurting and they're seeking. Okay, so what do I mean by living in 3D? We should be, I'm going to give you an example of this. We should be developing friendships with these people by engaging them. Engaging them. Not only the people that we know um, from church. Or other churches. See, it's easy to be friends with other Christians. That's easy. It's easy to be friends with your friends. But the hard part comes into play of um, getting to know people that you just don't know. That's the difficult part to this. It's engaging other people. Number two, the second D to this, is discovering stories. Now here's this. In order for us to, we get to be a friend with somebody... Now, the next part of this is the second D, and that is to listen to their story. Understand where their hurts are, where their hang-ups are, where, where, their hold, where their bondages are. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. I say it that way because, you know what? We, if we just say, you need Jesus, and, and we're going to take you there, and, and we're going to take you to... We don't want to push instead of pull. We want to listen to their story. What do I mean by push and pull? Well, I've always said this little thing that I've come, that, 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 that I, I, it's, it, it's a story that I have. And it goes like this. If, if you envision this, if you, if you envision pushing a car up a hill and you reach the summit of that hill and you continue to push that car over that hill, what happens? That car goes way ahead of you. It, sometimes it may go out of control. It all depends who's driving it. Um, but you lose control. You, lo- you no longer have contact with that, with that car. You no longer have control. Now check this out. If you're pulling that same car up a hill, now you're going to have to work harder because now you've got weight behind you. That's okay. That yoke between you and that other car is the chain. And that chain simplifies Jesus. 
right? So you're pulling this car up a hill. You reach that same summit and you start going down that hill. Where's that car? That car is behind you. It's relying on you to direct it. It's relying on you to slow it down. It's relying on you to drive it and steer it in a certain direction. Guess what? You're still in control of that car. Rather than pushing it and and cramming uh, Jesus down someone's throat, it's rather good to pull them up. Pull them behind you to where you continue to have direction with them. And not let them go astray and, and, and go fast down a hill where you lose that, 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 that connection. And, and, and the third D is this. Discerning the, the, the appropriate next steps of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I do that? Well, I'll tell you how I do that. And I'm going to tell you, it may be applicable to how you should be doing that if you don't know how. Is through prayer. So here's this. We, 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 we become friends. I'm listening to their testimony, their story of why they're at where they're at. And so my next thing is, while they're talking, I am, in te- I, I am immediately in prayer. Oh, you know, I'm asking God to send the Spirit down to where I could speak with them and make something out of their situation. But not because I want to speak, but because the Holy Spirit needs to come through me. Because I don't want to push instead of pull. So by the time they're done speaking, the Spirit's within me because I pray for that Spirit to come. I've seeked its discernment. And guess what? I was able to help them through a situation. Because that's the way that God works. It's through prayer. We don't want to push instead of pull. Now here's this. All three D's are important. I, I'm, I'm gonna, they're important. But I see one of the keys of the three is number one. And I've spoken into his and that is friendship it all starts with developing friendship opening conversation maybe taking um jack or sue out for coffee maybe making it a different environment now here's this it's going to be a process it's not going to happen overnight as much as we would love to see it happen overnight it's going to be a process think of your walk And so that process has to play itself out. Don't rush it. You don't want to push instead of pull. And here's this. After a trustworthy relationship has developed between you or you and him, or or that friendship is solidified. The biggest thing is the next two D's fall into place. The next two D's can fall into place. They, they just fall right in. Now, here's this. I know this sounds like it, it, it's, it's, it, this can be awkward, and, and, and I'm not going to disagree. This, this is difficult. I, I'll raise my hand to it right, right now. It, it is. But can I tell you one thing? Awkward first meetings can grow into transformational relationships. And if you give it the time and you give it the effort and you pray for that relationship, guess what's going to happen? It's going to flourish. Now, not only that you've developed a friendship, but more importantly, the person with whom you've been speaking with has developed a friendship with Jesus. Because why? Because you've decided to live in 3D. Now, maybe you're the person that, 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 that wants to see people be directed to God. I mean, you love them, you know what you want, but your self-talk starts to lead you in different ways. And it leads you to believe that this is reserved for somebody in a higher rank. Maybe you think it's, lead, it's only made for pastors to do this. 
Maybe your self-talk leaves you to say you don't have the, squi- the, the, the skills or, or, the, or the quick mind to do this. Or maybe here's the thing. I don't feel qualified. Well, can I tell you one thing? And this, can see, this, this may sound cliche, but God doesn't call the qualified. What does he do? He qualifies the called. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you a quick little story. Back in 2006, Cindy and I uh, and my boys were, re- were involved in, in, in a youth ministry. And, and, and we were leaders. Cindy and I were leaders. We were under a youth pastor. And so we kept doing this for a while. Then our youth pastor stepped out and went to another part of New Mexico. And, and we had pastor uh, come to us and ask if we would be uh, interested in, in youth pastoring this youth group. Well, let me tell you what, this was not easy because Cindy and I looked at each other. And let me tell you, we're not Bible scholars. We're not. And, and we looked at each other and we seeked, um, we seeked the same agreement by calling different pastors that knew us and asking them. And, and so we went into this, but we let go and we let God because you know what? If God called us to it, he's going to pull us through it. And I'm telling that to each and every one of you, the same thing. If God pulls you through some, to something, he's going to take you through it. And he's not going to leave you abandoned in any way, shape, or form. So, maybe you're thinking it's, it's, it's not you. Um, maybe you're... Um, you see that you have been... Um, I'm going to read a scripture real fast here from Romans 8.30. And it reads this. Um, Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Do you see how that lends itself to what I just said? Do we see that we have been predestined by God? And it's not by coincidence, but it is by design. It's by design that we're here today. And for those of you guests that came here today, maybe a friend invited you, or maybe you came on your own, man, welcome. Welcome to the Grove. It's awesome to have you here. It's not by coincidence that you're here. It's not by coincidence that you came. God has a plan for you. Thank you for being here. While I was preparing for this message, I I, I read a lot of material. Uh, But I came across this book that I... Um, I read about, and it's titled Christianity 101. And it's authored by Dr. Gilbert Belazakian. And it, he, in this book, he wrote this. Um, he wrote, God is perfectly self-sufficient within the grandeur of his transcendence. He did not create humans in order to give himself companionship. He didn't need companionship. Rather than that, quite the opposite. He gave life out of love. Now, the first thing I thought of when I, when I read this was, oh my gosh, the first scripture that came to me was John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And are you all catching what I'm throwing out there? You see, living in 3D involves love, and Jesus is all about love. John 13, 34, 35 reads this. 
a new command. And I'm going to tell you something. Every time I write something in a piece of paper, on a text, in a message, whatever it is, I capitalize the word love. You know why? Because God is love. And when you represent, when you represent God in, in writing, I capitalize that L in love because that is God. So under the scripture, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another or another, excuse me, one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Man, this is telling us that that we need to love one another as Jesus loves us. This is a command. Notice it's a command. It's not if you want, when you want, or if you think you feel like it. God has commanded us to do this. Love one another. Notice it's not talking. It didn't say love those who love you. It didn't say love those in your church. It says love one another. And the way I can interpret that is love everyone. Jesus wasn't prejudiced. Nor should we be. Jesus sees potential in each and every one of us more than we'll ever be able to find within ourselves. He sees that, that we, are, we have within us, if we're made in his image, we're, we're going to be like him. He's, he sees that potential within us more than we can ever see in ourselves. And more than that, you know what he does with it? Is he stirs it up. Shouldn't we be seeking that same potential in others? And when we see that potential and it's, us for, it's made for us to find, we should be stirring up that same potential. If we're a disciple of Christ, we should do like our teacher has done. And look at the heart and not the outside. Jesus looks at at us from the inside and not the outside. And we should do the same. If Jesus was looking only on the outside, I can guarantee you beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I have people that will testify to this. But they will go out the theater. I wouldn't be where I am at today. Let me tell you a little bit about that. I was not the person that I am. Besides my drinking, my partying, my staying out all night, and this was real. I was going and taking myself through literally areas I didn't belong in my life. And I had people coming into my life and ministering to me, which I would just shun away. But they never gave up. The seed was sown. Charles and Angela are part of that testimony in my life. Where Cindy and I and my boys used to live, they would, Charles and Angela would come up to my house. And let me tell you what, I was embarrassed, but I really didn't care because that was my lifestyle. But they planted a seed. They, they, they didn't push, they pulled through the love of Christ. I'm telling you that my life is not a story you, you would think it is when you see a person like me up here. You're, you would think that I lived a Christian life my entire life. That's not the truth. Nor is it even close to the truth. But God saw potential in me and he sent people to me. And they didn't give up because God never gives up. And that is why I am who I am today. And that's why you can be who God wants you to be today. Now here's a formula that I have learned through my studying of, of my certification. And it's, it's not, it's really not, uh, it, it, it's, it's not algebra. It's not trigonometry. Um, it, it, what it means is, um, or, or why, what, what does it mean and why do I need it? 
How do I apply this? Last week, Pastor Eric spoke about things when you pass, when God calls you home and you're gone, that, that there are things that you could still do when you're there in heaven. But he spoke of one thing that you can't do that we should be doing here on the face of this earth, and that is evangelism. This needs to be done while we're here. We need to evangelize. We need to be spreading the gospel. We need to be spreading the good news. If I ask you this, what does WWJD stand for? I think we all know what that means. What would Jesus do? I said the gospel. I've been saying gospel. If I told you MMLJ, what would you think that means? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospels. And I want to encourage you to read into those gospels. But let's, let's talk a little bit um, about the uh, formula that you see there. HP. Um, HP means uh, high potency. Let me back up a little bit. Let's start from the, what it, what, what the equal sign. On the other side of that equal sign. What does MI stand for? Don't you wish students that you, while you're in school, they're going to give you the answer first? Man, that would be just choice. Why don't they just do that? Dave did. Well, Dave's not a teacher. Anyway, here we go. So, MI. What does MI mean? And what, what, what it means is the outcome that we should be getting through utilizing this, this formula. We should be getting maximum impact. The other first two elements is high potency and close proximity. That's exactly what we need to have the influence uh, with those people that we rose our hands to earlier. What do they mean? High potency. We should have a strong enough concentration, a mixture of God in our life to where when people see us, it's undeniable of who we are because of what they're seeing in that concentration in our lives. Undeniably visible to others. CP, we need to have, we need to have and get close with people, but it all starts with friendship with those people. God's power has to come through us to have that most impact. Now let me back up. Let me, well, let me go forward. Let me unpack this a little bit for you. In Matthew 5.13, it reads this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is, of no, longer, it is, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by man. In Matthew 5.13, it's telling us what? It's telling us that that, that Jesus is saying here, let your influence season people's lives for the kingdom. Now, here's the thing. Salt changes things. If you, give it enough, if you put enough salt, it'll change the flavor of a big pot of beans. Yeah? If you, if you just put enough salt, it'll make the best tortilla. Oh, man, and garlic salt just adds the right hint for green chili. <laughs> I better not go there because I'm pretty hungry. But it does. Salt has an impact. So check this out. If, if that little bit of salt will do those things with that, imagine what a little bit of salt would be in your community. Remember what that scripture said, you are the salt of the earth. Imagine what a little bit of salt would do in your schools, students, parents, those of you who have a job. Imagine what a little bit of salt will do in your workplace. <laughs> this is good. Check this out. Question. Salt. Flavor. Season. What good is a salt shaker if the salt never leaves it? What good is that salt shaker? It becomes an ornament on your table. It looks nice. It's pretty. Well, pretty don't cut it. What good is that salt shaker? 
Let's take a look at the final element of this formula, CC, clear communication. Let's look at uh, God, the Gospel of Matthew again, chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. Communication does not to me necessarily mean we have to talk. Because I'll tell you what, it lends itself to how we act and who we represent. People are watching us. Are we clearly communicating through who we are by how we're acting that we are disciples of Christ? John thirteen thirty four to 35 said what? By, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Let me ask you this. Is your light shining undeniably bright where it can't be hidden? Are we being that salt? Are we flavoring? Are we seasoning people? Now, I've, I've been speaking to, the, to those that are Christian in this room, guests that, have, that, that are here today. I, I said it earlier. Man, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming to the Grove. We love you. And I want to speak to you for a moment. But before I do, I want to, I want to go, and this is for you. I want to read a couple of, a few scriptures. Um, from Genesis 1. It reads this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Fast forwarding to chapter, uh, the same in Genesis verse 3. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, really fast forwarding in Genesis chapter 24, God said, let there be land, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind. And chapter 25 says this, God made wild animals according to their kind. And verse 26 says this, God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our own image, in our likeness. And verse 27, I said it earlier, God created man in his own image in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female earlier i asked you if you were here because a friend asked you to come or maybe you were brought maybe you brought yourself either way if you're here and you have a question about any of this from the very beginning christ had a plan it was by design. It wasn't by coincidence that God put light on this earth. It wasn't by coincidence that the vegetation came out. It wasn't by coincidence that we were created. God had a plan. It was by design and not coincidence. And I firmly believe, I stand here today and say that I believe that you are here because God has a plan for your life. I could sit here, stand here and tell you that I have gone through thunderstorms. I have gone through lightning storms. I could hear back in the day the, the thunders of the storms that I went through that were holding me down. The chills that I had, the coldness, the, I was drenched. I kept running. The, loud, the, the thunder got louder. The lightning got brighter. I couldn't get away from where I was at until God showed me the way. What's your thunder today? How bright is your lightning? Because I'm telling you what, if you follow the God that I follow, he's going to put you in green pastures where all you hear is peace. But you have to make the first step. I firmly believe that you are here by design and not by coincidence. I firmly believe that God wants to use you for his kingdom. And if there's a doubt in your mind, erase that doubt. Let go and let God.
I'm a living testimony. And for me to stand here today before you, it's an honor to do the work for the kingdom. And you can do the same. So if you're here today, and you've, you've gone through these storms, you've been through this lightning, and you even have a trace of what I've told you, and there's many more things I can tell you, I'm going to ask that you just, with everybody with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, no one's looking around, I just want to ask that you raise your hands and give it all up to God. God is waiting for you to just give up everything that you've been going through and stop the running and the hurting. Thank you. I see that. And take a new walk. Thank you. God sees that. Stop running, stop running through the, through the thunderous storms and, and the rain and understand that God loves you. If you're here today and, and you've been a Christian and you've ran far away or you're, 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 you're running, this goes for you too. Just raise your hands. Thank you, I see that. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, everybody just pray with me. Those of you that are Christians, pray around so... They, they're not alone. Father God, I know that you have died for me. I know that you have taken my sins. Father, I thank you. I know that I need you. And I know that when you died on that cross, it was for my sins and my salvation. I give you my heart. And I pray that I live like you have lived, Father. And I am the disciple that you have called me to be. In your heavenly name, we pray. Amen.